In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. When we get caught in this trap that success is based on wealth and not not who you are in Christ, we get into trouble. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we we salute you. you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Jim Ramos. I'm here with my good friend Dale Culver. How you doing, man? Doing great. Hey, let's. Uh, we got a lot to cover today, so this is our equipping men in ten episode. But do you have a man law for me before we jump in? Yeah, Jim, I got this uh, man law for you. And I was thinking about this, and I asked you what we were going to be talking about today, and it just cracked me up because it's right along the same lines. Oh, that's cool. We all worship something. Okay, that is true. And uh, I say that I worship the living God, and uh, but in reality, do I sometimes worship comfort, or do I worship cars, guns? vacations, uh, or any other vice, money, um, sports stuff, you know, but we all worship something. And guys, you got to really look at that and be careful what you worship and what you focus your time and attention on. Mm -hmm. That is, that is what you worship. Well, and some of us worship multiple things. So anything that takes precedence over our relationship with Jesus Christ Definitely is an object of worship. So I, I do want to talk about that today because I've been doing a verse-by-verse study through the pastoral epistles. I've been in this study for about, well, several months now, and I, I write, read the verse and I journal the verse. So it's been a real fun journey, and I came face-to-face with something I think pastors really, really struggle with. Now realize, in the pastoral epistles, Paul is talking to his protege, Timothy, about ministerial types of issues. For the books of 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus are written for spiritual leaders. So we have to take that into context, okay? So Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 through 10. It's a little bit long. I want to read this. He says, if anyone teaches false doctrines and does not agree with the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, he is conceited and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. Verse 6, he continues, But godliness with contentment 
is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into the temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The, the literal translation there is the love of money is the root of all the evils. So what he literally is saying is for the love of money is the root of the evils. Some people eager for money have wandered from faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. This is a powerful statement. When you take this verse by verse, so that's, that's like six, seven days worth of episodes for me. And so this has been really powerful for me personally. So when I got to this, I realized, okay, do I love money? I cannot tell you how many men who I highly respected, who are pastors, who have left the ministry to pursue wealth and money. And there are a lot of factors involved in there. Guys, I want you to take a test, and I want you to ask yourself, do I love money more than God? This is a 10-question test, so each question is worth 10 points. If you miss the question, take away 10 points. Very simple. I would say if you get... Eight out of 10, I would say you're doing great. I would say if you get less than eight out of 10, I would say that you have uh, a struggle or a love of money on some level. So here we go, guys. Ready? Number one, thoughts of money consume my day. If that is true about you, score that as a miss. Do you think about money when you wake up in the morning? Is is your the thing that drive you, is it thinking about income? Number two, Financial success of others makes me jealous. So Dale, Monday, said you bought a trailer. Remember that? You I guys have, bought a brand new trailer. We're so, telling everybody this? Well, I mean, I, I think it's cool, man. I think you deserve it. You guys, I mean, I'm not jealous of that. I don't envy that. I thought, well, that's cool, man. These guys, I mean, they deserve that thing. But if I were jealous, that's a problem, right? So it, does somebody's financial success make you jealous? Well, that's a problem. Score against yourself. Number three. I define success based on what I do rather than who I am in Christ. Guys, your success does not identify you. It does not it does not define who you are. Jesus had no place to lay his head. Jesus stayed in the home of somebody else. He had people supporting his ministry and he was the ultimate man. So when we get caught in this trap that success is based on wealth and not not who you are in Christ, we get into trouble. Number 4. So guys, you should be scoring yourselves right now. Number four, my family is neglected because of my pursuit of money. I know a lot of men who are millionaires who their pursuit of money and wealth and power has cost them their marriage, their relationship with their kids. It has really, really hurt them. And even though they have a lot of stuff, they're broken men because they've allowed the pursuit of money to get in the way of the things that are more important. Number five, I close my eyes to the genuine needs of those around me. Are you a guy? I had a weird situation this morning, Dale. I had a guy text me and said, hey, I'm out of duck hunting shells. <laughs> I heard a rumor that you might have some. And I, I did. I had I had a surplus because I had a bunch given to me by my dad because he stopped hunting ducks. I said, come on over, man. I gave this guy 10 cases of shotgun or 10 boxes of shotgun shells. That's wow. a case. And he goes, I want to pay you. I go, dude, I really don't want your money. I really don't want your money. He insisted on paying me. He gave me money. I did not want the money. I don't care about the money because it was about blessing this guy. Mm. You know. So do we, do we have our eyes closed when people have needs around us, or are we willing to 
be generous to those people. We have a young man living in our house right now for free. He's a 22-year-old young man, and uh, he calls our house the giving house. He says, I've never seen people give so much in my life. You guys just give. And I go, really? I, I don't even notice it because it's just part of who we are. We just If somebody has a need, we want to help them. We don't charge them. We don't give them a loan. We just help them. If we have a need, we help them. Because money's not, my kids tell me, Dad, you're not motivated by money. I go, I'll take that as a compliment <laughs> because we're not. Okay, the next one is number six. I live in paralyzing fear over losing money. So that's a that's a gut check. When you Dale, that's pretty far removed from you and I. The things that paralyze us have nothing to do with money. Mm-hmm. But guys, do you get up every morning knowing that if you don't run hard and fast, you're in trouble? Does fear drive you? If that's the case, that's unhealthy on so many levels. Number seven, I am prepared to borrow myself into bondage. Are you willing to do this, guys? Are you willing to borrow money to get stuff to the point of being so in debt that you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel? I was speaking at a men's event on the other side of the country a while back, and I was talking to a guy late at night, and he said, man, he goes, just pray for me for my money situation. I'm in, I'm in, I have to pay $10,000 a month in debt just to pay off my debt, just $10,000 just to pay debt. Mm. And he said, if people ever knew how bad I was with money, they'd never, they would never hire me. I go, what's your job? He said, I'm a financial planner. <laughs> but he was in bondage to money. And his, he had borrowed himself into debt, into bondage. Number eight, I work without taking at least one full day off a week. We have to address this issue with guys. If a guy is working so much, he can't take time off, he is in bondage to money. Mm-hmm. Because the only reason for work is to earn a link, an income, right? For you know, Unless you're called. But even if you're called to ministry, you shouldn't be working every day of the week because that's your idolizing ministry. Number nine, I regularly spend more than I earn. When you look at your monthly spending, if you are spending more than you earn, you are in bondage to money. You love money more than God. And the last one is this. And this is, I save this for last because this gets guys all fired up. I do not tithe. 10% off the top on every paycheck. If you are a Christian man driving to work right now and you do not rate, I'm not asking you to give us your money. I'm not asking you to give it all to the local church. I don't think that's biblical either. I think that God has asked us as Gentile believers to give where we care about at least 10% of our income. I know guys that give 50, 60% of their income. But if you're not tithing 10% off the top to kingdom organizations you care about, I am telling you, you're in bondage. We've been tithing since we were brand new married. We are broke, broke. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys have been tithing yeah. for, the, you know, you don't have to have money to tithe. You just mm-hmm. have to have faith. Mm-hmm. And you have to make Jesus more important than money. So guys, again, take the test. Do thoughts of money consume my day? Number one, two, financial success of others make me jealous. Number three, I define success based on what I do rather than who I am in Christ. Number four, my family is neglected because of my pursuit of money. Number five, I close my eyes to the genuine needs of those around me. Number six, I live in paralyzing fear over losing money. Number seven, I am prepared to borrow myself into bondage. Number eight, I work without taking at least one full day off a week. Number nine, I regularly spend more than I earn. Number 10, I do not tithe 10% off the top every paycheck. So guys, uh, make sure you take that gut check. It'll be really good for you. 
And so, guys, I uh, want to say thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Dale, take us home. Yeah, guys, we want you to head on over to meninthearena.org and get your free book. Leave us a positive review for this podcast. And if you can't figure out how to do that with your device, you can always email us at info at org. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. Equipping men in 10 from Men in the Arena. If you hunger to be your best version, join us with thousands of men from around the world in one of our Men in the Arena forums. Join the forums on either Facebook or on the website at meninthearena.org. While you're on our website, remember to pick up your free electronic version of Jim's bathroom book for men, The Field Guide. Thank you for listening to this episode of Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. Remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for around the world and find out the type of dad you are.